Hi, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of writers and thinkers. I'm David Ferris, and today I'd like to propose a rather unusual fix for America's congressional problem. Pretty much everybody hates Congress. It's an ossified relic, totally unsuited for modernity, which is why this is going to sound completely insane, but America needs to make Congress bigger. We just need more congressmen, like hundreds and hundreds more congressmen. This isn't some pipe dream either. Expanding the House is an absolutely viable option. There are many features of our political system that we take for granted, like the size of the Supreme Court, for example, that are not written into the Constitution. And one of those quirks is the size of the U.S. House of Representatives. In 1911, it was set by law at 435 representatives. But not only does this setup deprive most Americans of any meaningful access to their representatives, it's also utterly in contradiction with what the framers intended. In Article 1, Section 2, the Constitution states, the number of representatives shall not exceed one for every 30,000. We're not even close to hitting that. Today, each House member represents more than 700,000 citizens, on average. In the early days of the Republic, Congress would routinely vote to expand the number of House seats to keep up with America's growing population. But this practice came to a sudden halt in 1911, when lawmakers worried that allowing the House to get too big would make governance impossible. Since then, the country has added more than 200 million citizens to its population. But besides a slight bump after Alaska and Hawaii were admitted to the Union, the size of the House has basically stayed the same. In fact, the U.S. has the second-worst legislator-to-constituent ratio in the entire world next to India. And unlike changing the makeup of the profoundly undemocratic Senate, there's nothing in the Constitution to stop Congress from scrapping its 106-year-old cap on the House and increasing it in size. Think about it. Adding representatives in the House would give more ordinary Americans the opportunity to run for office and diminish the power of dark money on any individual race. Constituents would not need to travel as far to visit the office of elected representatives whose staffs would have more time to devote to services. Most Americans have no idea who their representative even is. Bringing that person closer to the people can only enhance his or her legitimacy. Of course, We'd have some bigly construction work to do on Capitol Hill to make room for the extra congressman. But hey, this is the most powerful nation in the history of the world we're talking about here. It's worth it. Now, whether either party would take this on is anyone's guess. But expanding the House should become the Democrats' pet project because, frankly, they're the biggest losers in the American political system as it exists. Let me give you just a few examples. Remember the 2010 midterms, or the thumping Democrats received during Obama's first term? Yeah, now, I, I'm not recommending for every future president that they take a shellacking like, they, like I did last night. The Democrats took a beating at the polls, losing an astonishing 63 House seats to the Republicans. But that wasn't the worst thing to happen to the party that year. Because Democrats also got wiped out at the state level, it meant that in most states, Republicans led the redistricting process. The GOP mounted a fiendishly clever operation that handed the House of Representatives to the Republican Party, seemingly in perpetuity, and saddled Democrats with a practically insurmountable disadvantage. Even if Democrats are able to recapture power at the state level in 2018 and 2020, they would still have one major problem. It's called partisan sorting, meaning that Democrats increasingly live together in major metropolitan areas while Republicans are concentrated together in the country's exurbs and rural areas. Think of a state like Pennsylvania, 
which today is almost equally divided between Democrats and Republicans. Some big news here, Megan, huge news, uh, actually. The AP now projecting that Donald Trump has won the state of Pennsylvania. Donald Trump won the state, which went Democratic in every other presidential election since 1992, by the tiniest of margins. Yet this sharply divided Commonwealth features an insanely gerrymandered House delegation of 13 Republicans and five Democrats, thanks to a combination of clever Republican-led redistricting after the 2010 census and the concentration of the state's Democratic voters in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. If Pennsylvania had 36 representatives instead of 18, it would be much harder to cram Democratic voters into overwhelmingly partisan districts in its two urban centers. Imagine, for a moment, that every single one of the 12 million or so citizens of Pennsylvania got a seat in the House of Representatives. That delegation would be, by definition, impossible to gerrymander, and you would expect about 6 million Democrats and 6 million Republicans. The smaller the House delegation is from any state, the easier it is to manipulate the district boundaries to trap your opponents in a small number of overwhelmingly safe seats. And like all Americans, Pennsylvanians deserve a congressional delegation that represents their will rather than grossly distorts it. The national implications of gerrymandering are clear and deeply problematic. In 2012, for instance, Democrats won more votes for the U.S. House than Republicans, but received only 46% of the seats in the chamber. In 2016, Democrats lost the national House vote by a single percentage point, but scored just 44% of the seats. The lack of fit between the national House vote and the number of seats has been a persistent problem throughout American history. And before those on the right dismiss the idea, please note that Republicans have been on the wrong end of things as often as they have benefited from it. To name just one example, in the 1992 national election, Republicans received 45% of the House votes, but received just over 40% of the seats. In fact, if Democrats lead the next round of redistricting, it will almost certainly be the GOP that suffers. Like so many of America's democratic institutions, the structure of the House just isn't in line with life in the modern United States. It's time to bring the legislature into the 21st century. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And as a thank you for listening to this episode, we'd like to offer you four totally free non-commitment issues of The Week magazine. To get those, visit theweek.com slash for free. I'm David Ferris, and thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.